The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Is the sound okay in the back? Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's it's nice to be here with you. It was very nice to sit with you. Um, maybe it's just the way my mind works, but uh, when I heard the phone ringing, and then I kept thinking, I wonder if the person's going to say hello. <laughs> I would have started laughing. Um, and life is too short to worry about things like that. Um, one of the um, one of the wonderful blessings of mindfulness practice, of awareness practice is that um, at some point, you know, through our practice, we begin to understand that it's possible to be aware of anything. You know, it's possible to be mindful of whatever experience arises, of whatever experience arises for us, this body and mind, it's possible to simply know it. It's possible to bring awareness to it. And that understanding or that realization can, can feel very freeing. Um, so it's possible to be aware of, of anything. And um, that said, um, this tradition, the, the Buddhist tradition, um, gives some emphasis to some uh, objects of awareness over others. You know, um, so in in the Buddha's basic instructions on meditation, um, it usually starts with mindfulness of the body. You know, and there's there's considered to be some um, some wisdom in bringing awareness, a close awareness to this process, this physical process of the body. Um, so there are some 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 areas that it, it's especially helpful to be mindful of, and. Um, This is sort of a long way of saying there's another area <laughs> that's, that's very helpful to be mindful of. And this is um, the, the mental factor of our intentions. Um, intentions are sort of the interface, the meeting point between our thoughts and our actions. And um, yesterday, um, I was also here giving a talk. And I also gave a talk on intention. Um, and so I've thought to kind of continue this exploration in talking a little bit about the different kinds of intentions and um, 
what the Buddha had to say about wise intention or right intention. Um, I don't know if any of you um, felt a little bit fidgety during the meditation. Um, or if you noticed you were, you were a little fidgety. Um, I've also done some meditation practice in the Zen tradition. And in, um, in certain schools of Zen, one of the primary instructions when we sit is to be very still. So it's keeping the body in perfect stillness. And so um, just a different style of practicing and, and has, its, has its pros and its cons. But one of the, one of the interesting things about having that um, expectation or that intention to be very still is you start to notice the impulse to move. You know, and it brings that into, into, um, it highlights that. And I was just thinking about that during the sitting and, um, and sort of congrats, you know, I felt one of the legs starting to fall asleep a little bit. And then I, I thought, well, I'm not gonna move. Just going to stay very still and just be with it and be mindful of it. And it was, it was nice. It was, you know, just bringing that, that awareness to it. Um, and then I just wiggled my toes. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't notice the... Anyway, this is a way of saying that intention and impulses are very, can be very subtle. They can be very, very subtle. But um, when we are... Um, when the body and mind are still and when the, the mind isn't uh, caught up very much, we can begin to notice the impulse just to move the body a little bit, to get a little bit more comfortable, or the impulse to... Um, sort of like go off, give over, to, into a, a daydream or a memory or a kind of thinking about the future or something. So intention can operate on this level um, all the way to the widest sense of what is my intention for my life? What do I want my life to be about? You know, in the deepest sense. And what would it mean to to act, to live in a way that's aligned with um, what the heart deeply wants. You know, so that's also intention. Um, So one of the um, one of the interesting aspects of intention, being mindful of our intentions, is that 
we get to inquire more deeply into um, why we do what we do. You know, so for, for example, um, I think most of us have the experience of driving. You know, this is something, this is, this is such an ordinary, um, straightforward task in a way. Why do, I, why do I drive my children to school in the morning? Well, they have to go to school, someone has to take them. That's one level of intention. Maybe another level of intention is, you know, I care about them and I want them to, you know, learn something, have an education. That's another level. Um, when I am in the process of driving, I may begin to notice that uh, a little bit of stress, a little bit of tension, and uh, I, in in uh, in in my daily routine. Um, there's a certain time pressure because living in San Francisco, if I don't get to the school at a certain time, the, the helpers who bring the children in go inside. So I have to park and do all these other things. So I can notice, you know, at around 8.25, about five minutes before I have to do that, a different, a different kind of intention takes over. Anyway, this is, I don't know if, if this is making sense, or you can kind of relate to this. Um, so, intention is said to um, operate in each moment of consciousness. So in every moment, an intention is present. We tend not to notice this. We don't notice um, these intentions. And the, one of the benefits of mindfulness practice is that we start to slow down and start to see more and more that um, as we become more aware of our intention, we have a choice. We start to have more choice as to which intentions to act on. You know, intentions determine our actions. And it's said that intention determines the ethical nature of the action. So if the motivation is wholesome, is helpful, is skillful, then it's much more likely that the action will be skillful. If the, if the motivation is um, not so skillful, not so helpful, the action will much more likely not be helpful. Um, so in, in the Buddha's uh, eight-fold path, um, the, second, the second step is, is called right intention, a wise intention. Um, and the Buddha defined wise intention in a very specific way. Um, wise intention comprises um, harmlessness, 
So the intention not to cause harm is the first one. The second one is um, good goodwill. Um, and the third one is renunciation or letting go. And these um, wise intentions are set against uh, what the Buddha said are uh, wrong, wrong intention. Wrong intention meaning the intention to be cruel, cruel or harmful, um, a motivation of hatred, and a motivation of, um, the word is usually translated as lust, but um, maybe we can say this is sort of a unhealthy um, or addictive uh, attachment to sensual desire. Um, so, And part of the reasoning of the way that right intention and wrong intention are sort of set off against each other is that it's considered impossible to hold one intention and its opposite in mind at the same time. So I can't have the intention to, um, to hate the same time as have the intention to love or to have goodwill. Um, one of the most relevant um, aspects of this practice of being mindful of our intentions is that um, intentions are like seeds. You know, we are um, you know in 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 this practice, we often talk about conditionality um, things happen due to causes and conditions, so how things are now is because of conditions that were set in place before. And what happens now determines the future. So if we want to take care of the future, the, the invitation or the suggestion is to take care of right now, take care of the present, and to take care of our intentions. These are the seeds that we're planting uh, for the future. So. Um, our int intention is like the direction that we set for ourselves, we set for our life. And um,
the question that we can ask is, um, is this action, is this motivation um, going to um, turn me in the direction of of well-being, of ease, of peace, or is it going to turn me in the direction of suffering, of stress? Um, I think I think for those of us who are lay people, the um, the Buddha's instruction about renunciation or letting go of sensual desire is often one of the more challenging. Um, teachings and the only thing I want to say about that is to just offer that this is not about repressing sensual desire it's not about um, um, it's not about desire is bad it's not that we shouldn't have desire but it's about um, a certain kind of shift in perspective that can come when we um, see the see the nature of things. And so, Suzuki Roshi said, um, "Renunciation is not about giving up things of the world, but about accepting that they go away." Um, One of the ways we can practice with intention is to um, simply infuse all the things that we're already doing in our day with some kind of deeper aspiration. So, um, you know, if I'm going to the store, for example, is there a way that I can um, remind myself that this is also a chance to interact with other people. And how do I want to be? How do I want to uh, connect with them? Um, if I'm having a difficult, uh, you know, a difficult conversation, if there's anger, if there's, uh, you know, some difficult emotion, Um, am I able to set an intention where I can touch into another person's suffering? Um, This is sort of the the gift of intention practice. It can be very empowering. Um, We don't have to, um, you know, we're not in control of the outcome of things. Things will sort of turn out the way they turn out. Sometimes things turn out well, sometimes they don't. But um, what we have the power to do is shape um, our mind. You know, so the, so the Buddha talked about um, all experience is made by mind, is shaped by mind. All of our experience, what, you know, what if 
all of our experience is shaped by our intentions. You know, intentions determine how, how we act, but they also determine the sort of the inner quality of our heart. Um, So something about being grounded in intention, in our deepest intention, brings a kind of nobility, can bring an integrity to the being. Which is not to say that we won't have um, I think most of, you know, until, until we're fully enlightened beings, we're going to have a mix of intentions. We're going to do things with mixed motivations. Some of them will be very wholesome motivations and some of them will be less wholesome motivations. So this practice is not about um, judging ourselves or or trying to sort of um, repress or delete something, but rather um, realize that we have the potential, we have a lot of um, agency to shape, our, shape this mind, shape this heart. Um, th- there's one other kind of intention that I just wanted to mention, which is called aditana in Pali, or resolution, making a resolution or making a determination. We don't talk about it so much in, in our meditation instructions here. But in my experience, this has been one of the most interesting practices. If you've ever had the experience or you've ever known somebody who says that before I go to bed, I can just tell myself, I'm going to wake up at this time. And then, then I do. Um, this is, this, is a, this is a resolution. This is making a determination. This is setting this sort of, dropping something into the mind and then forgetting about it. And it works especially well when, when one is on a meditation retreat or more concentrated. But one of the very interesting things you can play with at the beginning of a meditation sitting is to set a determination or a, a resolution for yourself in the sitting. So, you know, it could be as, as you know, it's, it could be something that's uplifting and inspiring to you. May, may, may the benefits of this period of practice, of this meditation, you know, um, benefit all beings. Um, it could, you could send the benefits to someone, to a particular person or a particular group of people. Um, you can set an intention about how you want the sitting to go. May, um, may a strong, deep sense of ease and well-being arise in this sitting. May May I be mindful of every breath. I don't know if any, that inspires anybody. <laughs> kind of inspires me. Um, may, I, you know, um, may I be present 
for whatever, whatever, whatever needs my care, whatever needs my awareness. Um, you kind of have a sense of, of this, and it, it's just sort of, it's not like a, you know, it, it's sort of done with a light touch. Um, may, may a deep stillness arise in this sitting. Um, may, I ha- may, may the heart have the strength to be, you know, to be, to offer compassion to whatever needs compassion, you know, in this being. Um, you know, it's light. So you sit and you just sort of offer this and then forget about it. See what happens. Do your practice. And the amazing thing is um, often the universe responds. (laughs) Something responds. You know, it's like the way I think about it is that um, the universe responds to our sincerity. You don't have to be a kind of virtuoso meditator. You don't have to have some kind of supernatural power or skill or something. It's enough just to be sincere and just to ask for what you want. You know, what does the heart want? Sometimes we're, um, we're not connected enough, we're not in touch enough or maybe there's been so much fear or so much, you know, um, sort of distractedness with external motivations that we don't know maybe what, what, what we deeply want. But just to ask the question, it can be very, very helpful. And then at the beginning of the day or at the beginning of a sitting, just to set this, you know, is setting this intention. May I treat everyone I meet today with kindness. You know, may I, um, may I look at people when I talk to them. Um, how do we want to be? You know, it's, is this something that we, sh- we can leave up to chance, that we can leave up to conditioning? Well, I was raised this way, my parents are this way, blah, 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 so I sort of have to be this way. Or is this something that we get to shape in each moment? And this is really what this practice is. Each moment, an intention is operating. You know, are we... Um, do we care? Are we aware? Um, um, so I think that's, maybe that's enough. I, um, if anyone has any thoughts or questions, we have a few minutes. You want to, You could either use the mic or I can repeat it. Is it? I spent many years thinking about it. Wait a second. Hi. Good evening. Um, 
I did spend a lot of time really thinking and analyzing my intentions over the years. Um, and I almost hold myself against my own intentions. That's pretty much the highest moral, I guess, set of codes that I actually follow. But I've always wondered as to where intentions come from. If you could just light. Ah. That would be great. Thank you. Did everybody hear the question? Where, where do intentions come from? Um, well, this is a great question, and I can just say in my experience that they, um, it's really a range, you know, it, 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 they, they can come from the, the most surface and sort of uh, shallow, sounds a little bit, you know, like a judgment thing, but, sh you know, shallow um, human impulse of uh, wanting something and wanting to get away from something. And, you know, and this, this is a very basic desire and aversion. Um, and where do the deepest intentions come from? Where do the intentions to, um, to wake up, you know, to, to help others, to um, find out who I really am, to be the intention to be free? Where does that come from? Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I think, I think that... Um, There's, there's value in, in asking the question and in looking. And just one thing comes to my mind, that there, there was a the wonderful Zen teacher, some of you may have even practiced with him, Kobanchino, who was uh, practiced in this area, taught in this area for many years, and from Japan. And um, someone said that whenever Koban spoke, he always spoke from the deepest territory he could find. You know, he always, um, his responses or his, um, he was always reaching for the, you know, for the deepest. And I think when we remember, when we're, you know, present enough, um, we won't always be able to do this, but it's, it will, it's you know, can be possible to um, choose which intention we want to act from. And um, I don't know, where do you think intentions come from? <laughs> um, I, as I said, I really spend a lot of years looking deep, because to me intentions is what is the most powerful a drive in a human being. Cause, and, and, and by the way, having an intention does not always manifest into a, uh, into a good outcome. I might have a good intention, but in practice when I go out and actually 
take it into an action or, or try to manifest an event or an experience, I might fail. Um, and that's okay. It's just the intention was, was good, and to me, that's what matters. At a deeper level, I think intention might be even like way deep in our subconscious that it's maybe the manifestation of our spirit into our body that create our soul and our soul with its identity. That's one way of manifesting and is in the form of intentions. That's just like layers of manifestation between spirit, body to soul to intentions, to consciousness. I don't know. I really don't, but to me, that's the most powerful, probably, drive in all of us, and it should, we should pay close attention. And I thank you for, for this uh, lecture this evening, really. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, good evening. Um, thank you for that. That's fascinating, and the timing is very interesting because I've been working a lot with mantras, and um, it's kind of setting an intention, but not really. So excuse my ignorance. Is there a link there? Because I am finding if I, if I say, I, like currently my personal one is I'm wanted and I'm needed, it really grounds me. Mm to I don't I, I don't know do you do you see what the connection between mantras and intention if there is one and that you've yeah can comment on yeah yeah thank you um, yeah you could I mean you could um, you could ha- you you could formulate an intention as a mantra you know and I think often I mean in one of the um, traditional mantras in our kind of vipassana practice is just the word budo, you know, that means awake, 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 you know, with every breath, awake. So it's a reminder, it's an intention, it's a mantra, it's a word that has a certain kind of energy and power, you know, Buddha. Um, so yeah, and and you could so. So that's that's a nice mantra. You could also formulate that as an intention. May I, um, you know, today may I may I remember how loved and needed I am. May I open to you know the feeling of being loved, and being needed, or, you know, something like that, um, and just drop it in, you know, in different times of the day. And see. Thank you. Maybe one more if we have yeah, I My question actually, um, it's fascinating to hear about intention and almost connected to purpose. But when you were giving the talk, what came to me was, oh, there's intention in every moment. And that's something I haven't really thought about that it can shift at every moment. And so I was curious if you could talk a little bit more about how does one become 
more aware of intention that is shifting moment to moment basis. Um, this teaching that there is intention in every moment is sort of the good news of Dharma practice. You know, the Buddha said, if, if we didn't have the power to shape our intentions, there could be no practice. You know, there could be no liberation. We would be predestined to continue along a sort of pre-programmed track. And so this is what waking up means. Waking up to our power, our agency. And it doesn't mean, like this gentleman said, we could have a certain intention and, you know, whatever doesn't work out or, or something like that. But intentions are about our actions because every action comes from intention. So it's about our action. But it's also about our inner landscape, our inner garden. So, um, you know, so, so ways of, of waking up to the moment-to-moment intention Meditation is actually one of the best laboratories for this because like I was saying, I was, I was a little bit proud of myself that I, I noticed this sort of impulse of wanting to sort of move and sort of alleviate my, the leg that fell asleep. And then I said, no, I'm going to just let that go and I'm just going to be still. And then something else moved. You know, <laughs> this is even notice the... But I knew there had to be an intention to wiggle my toes. There had to be. But I didn't see it. And so, you know, it's it's very subtle. And we're never going to catch every single intention. Um, But in meditation, this moment-to-moment practice, um, this is a great, this is a great laboratory. The other great place is when we notice that there are unskillful, intentions, unwholesome intentions, what do we do? You know, and so the classical instruction is, well, try to substitute that unwholesome one for a wholesome one. And that's, you know, sometimes that works, sometimes that doesn't. Um, One of the things that I find very helpful is um, rather than having any sense of judgment or any sense of, oh, I shouldn't be so greedy, angry, blah, 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 is um, to sense into the pain or the, you know, what it feels like to have anger. You know, anger is actually not that, pl- you know, it, there might be some, some pleasantness when you kind of explode. <laughs> but anger basically is not a pleasant experience for the person who's angry. And so the more, if we, if we can drop out of the story of what's feeding my anger and drop into what does it feel like to be angry and to feel the pain of that, then it's easier to let go. You know, if I can drop out of the story of my desire and how great it's going to be to get the new Tesla model, blah, 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 you know, and drop into what does it feel like to be wanting, to be always leaning forward, always, this is not enough, there's always, you know, what is, 
we, you know, we know that feeling. And what does that feel like? And the peace when we can let go of that. And, oh, I can just be here and balance. I don't have to be leaning into wanting something or wanting to get away from it. So, you know, those are some ways of, of, of noticing and working with it. But it's there in each moment. So there's always something to see or something to work with. Okay, well, thank you very much. Uh, Thank you for your attention. I hope that was uh, helpful.